Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. My name's Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about COVID-19 and Summer 21. At midnight on Saturday the 8th of May, the state of alarm in force across Spain comes to an end. It's a significant milestone and an opportune moment, we thought, to discuss the latest COVID-19 situation in Catalonia. On this week's podcast, we'll look at which measures are changing and which are staying the same, how the vaccination campaign is going and the effect it's having on coronavirus cases. We'll also look ahead to the summer with news on COVID passports, tourism, culture and festivals. Joining me in filling the sink today are Killian Shields. Hi, Killian. Hey, Lorcan. And Scarlett Rainers. Hello, Scarlett. Hello, Lorcan. So, Scarlett, the state of alarm is ending. 9th of May, everything changes. So, what exactly is going to happen? So, the state of the alarm has been here since the 25th of October, which means the current measures we've had have been for ages. And the changes we're seeing now are really quite big and dramatic. So, I think the main one to mention is the curfew, which is ending. So from 12am on Sunday, people will be allowed to go out into the street, which sounds like a really sort of basic thing, but bearing in mind, they have not been able to do that for for nearly, what, six months now? Something else which is interesting is the curfew is still on place on the Saturday, so if you're in Catalonia, you do have to stay in from 10 until 12. But yeah, from now, I don't know, people will be able to have so much more freedom and way to spend their way to spend their evenings. So the curfew that has been in place in Catalonia has been from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. So yeah, that finishing that is curious on Saturday night. It's going to be interesting, like everyone inside. It's going to be absolutely absurd. People have to spend two hours in the evening at home and then from midnight we can all leave. We can yeah, all we can I, all go out freely. I, I wonder if there's going to be people out in the streets just even just take advantage of the fact they can go for a nice, uh, you know, midnight stroll or whatever. I think I might, even out of curiosity, just to see how many people are out and about so that's uh, one major big change what else another thing would be the borders uh, especially the regional borders they'll be opened so people will be able to leave catalonia freely you can go to aragon or valencia or anywhere you want at this stage yeah travel in and out of catalonia will be opened up i mean up until now you've only been able to go for work or or health reasons or essential, like, reasons, essential yeah. purposes exactly and even we had restrictions in catalonia until really recently it was only about a week ago when people were once again allowed to travel within just catalonia so this is really another big step closer to a slight more normality yeah and it's all happening because the state of alarm is finishing and that means that actually uh, because of that even if the catalan government did want to keep these measures it would be quite challenging for legal reasons exactly so the state of alarm allows for exceptional measures to be put in place which limit fundamental rights so the state of alarm ends obviously the right to implement these measures from authorities ends so therefore if in the future the government wants to implement any such restrictions that infringe on fundamental rights, then they will have to get court approval for that. Yeah, and one of those measures is the limit on six people gathering. Yeah, so there are two measures that the Catalan government want to want to keep on past the state of the alarm. Two measures which do infringe on these fundamental freedoms, fundamental rights. And they are the cap on gatherings of more than six people and as well the cap on religious gatherings as well, which is currently at 50%. 
Yeah, so I mean, we're recording this on Thursday, and Health Minister has said that they're going to bring those measures forward. So um, as soon as the court rules on that, which might have happened by the time you're listening, uh, we'll have all the details on our website, catalannews.com. And what about um, other measures, things like shops, bars, restaurants, culture? Yeah, well, one of the biggest changes that we'll see from Sunday is the fact that bars and restaurants will be able to open until 11pm, completely uninterrupted. Up until now, they can only open and serve on-site until 5pm, and then beyond that, they can only serve for takeaway or delivery, of course. Yeah, as we were chatting about on last week's podcast, Killian, actually, so if, if you haven't heard that, we did a podcast last week on the situation, especially in Barcelona for bars and restaurants. So they'd be very delighted to be able to operate and help these businesses survive a little bit better. Uh, the Catalan government have also said that some shops are going to be allowed open till 10pm. It's 9pm at the minute. And amusement parks are going to reopen as well. Yeah, Portaventura World. Uh, like that's obviously one of the biggest ones in Catalonia. Uh, the Tibidabo Amusement Park, just on the in the hills just outside Barcelona that we can see always in the mountains. They've announced that they will be reopening on May 15th. Uh, something else as well is that the Castellan Health Minister is also suggesting that maybe cultural spaces and sports spaces will be allowed to rem- remain open until 11 as another new measure. There are still capacity restrictions of 50% in both of those spaces, but that could be really interesting because, I mean, at the moment, with cultural spaces, you can go and see a film or a play up until 10 and walk back after, but they're not allowed to go on past curfew at all, so that will open up a few of those spaces a bit more. And the reason that the government feels confident enough to do all of this is because the vaccination programme is coming along, And in parallel, obviously, the situation regarding COVID cases and hospitals is kind of relatively under control. Yeah, so the vaccine rollout in Catalonia has really been speeding up in the last couple of months. I mean, they've said for me it's going to get even quicker with the number of doses expected to be delivered, almost double those which were delivered for April. I mean, already now we've surpassed... 25% of the whole Catalan population have received at least one dose and that's that's two million people you know for a population of of eight million that's that's a substantial amount. Yeah that's a milestone that we hit recently just this week. Yeah and as well obviously the percentages are so much higher in those in those priority groups so I think around 95% of care home workers are fully immunized And all of those above 80 who live at home are vulnerable. That's around 85%. Obviously, that's had a significant impact on the COVID situation, especially for hospitalizations and ICUs. So at at the moment across Catalonia, there's around 1,500 people in hospital and around 500 of those are in intensive care. Hmm. So, I mean, yeah, we, we should remember, great, all this opening up, but there's still a lot of people in hospital, still a lot of families being affected. But if you look at the overall trend, you know, Catalonia has had three huge waves, if you like. And then when you look at this, it was around Easter. Is there going to be a fourth wave? And it, it hasn't quite materialized, kind of crept up and it's coming back down again. And that obviously has been put down to the vaccine rollout. Also, from from next Monday, vaccinations will be offered to the next age group down, which is 50s to 59s. And what all of this means, you know, something which the Catalan government have openly discussed, is that there's there's a much lower risk of ICUs and hospitals being overcrowded and overfilled and collapsing. Therefore, you know, there's a lot more room to 
relax measures because this is now so unlikely. Yeah, and then the next group, I think, is going to be in June, 40 to 49-year-olds as well. So Then after that, authorities have suggested that it'll be open to all age groups. So they haven't decided whether it'll be over 16s or over 18s, but uh, there are hints that it could be open to everybody below the age of 39 by that well, stage after that. Fingers crossed that we're not too far away from that. Speaking as someone who's yeah, still under 39... <laughs> As part of the ramping up of the vaccine programme, 500 mass vaccination sites are opening across Catalonia. There's even been talk of them using FC Barcelona's Camp Nou and the Sagrada Familia. The biggest, however, is the Fira de Barcelona Exhibition Centre. Our colleague, Henri Thrall, went to visit. It's been less than two weeks since Fira Barcelona, a convention centre that normally hosts massive trade fairs, started working as the largest vaccination site in Catalonia. People arrive at the entrance, located on a calm street with blooming trees at the foot of the Montjuic mountain, and medical professionals show them the way in. Once you are inside, it's easier to comprehend the logistical endeavor of vaccinating so many people while respecting safety measures. People get their appointments either through a text message or online. After entering, they pass by the information points, where they show their code and are then given the number of their vaccination room. Once they receive the job, people wait 15 minutes in case they have an adverse reaction, which nurses say is extremely rare. Completing the whole process takes less than half an hour. This is Begoña Martinez, 70 years old, who's just received the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. She says she's lost some friends her age who didn't manage to get the vaccine, so she is extremely happy and relieved, and is already looking forward to receiving the second dose. Today is the turn of people aged from 70 to 79 years old to receive the first jab, but other age groups will soon follow. After a slow start, Catalonia is quickly speeding up the rollout of coronavirus vaccines. In the first four months, the percentage of the population with at least one dose stood at 25%, and in the coming four months, Spanish authorities expect to reach 70%. And in order to do so, receiving the vaccines on time will be just as important as having the capacity to administer them. That's why mass vaccination points like Fira Barcelona will be crucial. This is Marta Carrasco from the Catalan Health Institute. Today, she says, they will administer a bit less than 4,000 doses, a figure that will rise to 6,000 in the coming days and will increase to a maximum of 20,000 once the vaccination site is working at full capacity. With all vaccination centers working at full speed, health authorities say they could administer half a million jabs per week. That was Alan Reithtroll, our thanks to him. Now, the last few days here in Barcelona have been nice and sunny and it got us thinking here in the office, well, what will the summer look like? Well, one very important aspect of that is the potential to travel. Scarlett, what do we know about COVID passports? So there is this equivalent of a sort of COVID passport, which the EU member states are looking to introduce from around June, I think, to permit travel between well, those EU member states. It's actually called the Digital Green Certificate and it's not just for people who are vaccinated. You can also get a Digital Green Certificate if you have antibodies for immunity or you can prove that you have a negative PCR and things like that. So I think that should definitely increase tourism in around Europe. Yeah, this is something that's going to be key for tourism here in Catalonia, according to Octavio Bono, 
who is the Director General of the Catalan Tourism Board. I was speaking to him this week. He's placing a lot of hopes on, on these COVID passports, these yeah. green passports for one Tourism, obviously, we've talked about it in the previous podcast, so important for Catalonia. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's the outlook? Yeah, Octavio Bono was certainly optimistic that tourism is going to bounce back this summer compared to last summer, obviously. Uh, but he wanted to avoid putting any figures on it. So he didn't say that it's going to reach whatever percentage level of a normal year. But previously, the Barcelona local council has said that they aim to welcome around 50% of the number of visitors to the capital uh, compared to the figures that were seen in 2019, so the last pre-pandemic summer that we've had. Beyond that, Octavio Bono told me that tourism will look a little bit different this summer So there'll be a bit less of an emphasis on visiting more densely populated urban areas, slightly more emphasis on the more rural areas, the more coastal areas that are a bit more spread out. We saw a bit of that last year as well. I remember when, you know, when after the first lockdown really ended towards the end of June, July, there was a lot of kind of we did a lot of stories on rural tourism and things like that. So, yeah, that's going to be repeated, they think, this year as well. Certainly to some degree. Bono was also saying that a lot of these places actually have less to offer in terms of tourism, uh, but certainly all options will... (laughs) He was really selling it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But he he was certainly saying that all options available will will be put to use. There will also constantly be a preference for safety, a preference for sustainability. Tourists will go in far, far less groups, we're going to see. And so we're not going to maybe see those images of like La Rambla in, in Barcelona here or at the Sagrada Familia. We're not going to they're not going to be swamped as in pre-pandemic years. He was very keen to tell me that safety measures will be put in place to avoid crowding. But I'm not sure how that could be implemented on La Rambla, for example, because that's just a street and, and people can go there and y- you can't put a capacity limit on a street, whereas you can obviously for the inside of the Sagrada Familia, for example. And a big part of the summer kind of experience here in Catalonia is music and music festivals. And in fact, uh, just in the last few weeks, there was a, a, an experiment, a concert experiment that uh, hit the headlines, not just in Catalonia, but I think um, internationally as well. Yeah, so not very long ago, the Love of Lesbian, I mean, strange name. Terrible name. <laughs> Terrible but, name, yeah, especially because they're all five middle-aged men. But anyway, they, there, was a, there was a concert experiment and Love of Lesbian performed. There are 5,000 people that went to that concert. Everyone had to wear masks and take a test beforehand, which had to come out negative. But at the same time, people were... There was no social distance. People were really, you know, up close next to each other indoors. And the results came out not long ago, and basically only six people had COVID the weeks after, and people don't think it necessarily at all came from that concert. They think the instance rate was around half of the instant rate that was currently going on in Barcelona at the time. So it's really quite a positive outcome and suggests that more things like this should be able to go on in summer. Yeah, one of the organisers of that concert experiment is also one of the organisers of the Cruia Music Festival. So he has huge hopes that the success of this concert experiment is going to mean that festivals and concerts can go ahead if not looking the exact same way as they happened in 2019 and before, well, then certainly something 
approaching that kind of style of experience. Some of the biggest ones have already cancelled, haven't they, Killian? They have. Primavera Sound will not be able to celebrate its 20th anniversary this year. And Sonar have also called off uh, their summer edition. But they've also put on two autumn festivals. But these, I think, will be a lot smaller than their usual summer offering. So so some of those... uh maybe festivals that might rely more on international visitors have cancelled but a lot of the festivals are going to go ahead albeit not in the usual circumstances but there's if you want to get your music fix you've got options totally um embassat in sabaday is a great one as well as vida canet rock there are plenty of going on and we're seeing in the lineups of all these there's a huge emphasis on local artists so just as there's much less international travel going on between people who would actually attend these, there's also a lot less international travel among artists who would perform at them. So you can see a strong local Catalan and Spanish presence in all these lineups. And this week I saw they announced the lineup for Festival Grec, which is, a, well, it's not a music festival exactly, it's a bit more broad than that. Exactly. It's a theatre, dance, music and circus festival. So we're going to see around 100 shows across Barcelona. It's all taking place in the Catalan capital. And at the moment, they're going ahead with selling tickets equivalent to 50% of the capacities that can be at these venues. Uh, But the organisers hope that by the time the festival starts in late June, that they'll be able to sell around 70% of the capacity. I mean, it's great going to concerts. I mean, I went, well, it wasn't a concert. I went to the theatre just the other week. And I think one of the most amazing moments was just the applause at the end you know it just been so long since I was sitting in a group of people uh, all just applauding at the same time and seeing the people on stage like and how much that kind of connection like you know enjoying I, a communal experience I didn't I didn't realize until I was doing it how much I'd missed it yeah. yeah I mean it was a while ago now but in September I went to a very socially distanced festival and I mean it's a shame because you just you can't really replicate that am- atmosphere when you're sat you know meters away from people and you know outside in these massive spaces it's quite odd so i mean i would personally love for for festivals to be as close to what they used to be as they possibly can obviously permitting restrictions and everything yeah and at the moment although a lot of these festivals are going to go ahead it's as of yet unclear how exactly they will look so like depending on the pandemic situation at the time it could well be a case that there will be assigned seating there'll be social distancing um but you know face masks face masks will be obligatory almost certainly but there is a chance that who knows if we reach 70 percent 80 percent immunization targets by the middle of the summer there's every chance that they could replicate the methods of the concert experiment that we saw with love of lesbian with everyone getting negative tests before attending and who knows we could possibly see a festival that has a bit more of a familiar feel. And as well as these kind of big music festivals uh, and the Festival Grec we mentioned, Catalonia has a really strong tradition of local festivals, Festas Majors. Yeah, this is one of the things that I love most about living here, I think. It's just every town, every neighbourhood, even in, in, in cities, has their own special festa that they that they hold. Most of them take place in the summer and It can be thought of as essentially as just a street party for often the patron saint of the town or of the neighbourhood or whatever it may be. Some of them coming up very soon on May 11th, so just in the next week, will be in Lleida and in Badalona. But these are going ahead without the usual mass events that we see. So there won't be 
uh, massive crowds of people all getting very close together. So there'll be reduced capacities, there'll be by appointment only, everyone has tickets, everyone has seats. And this also could be how other regular festivals are taking place as well. Yeah, I suppose the hope is that that's kind of the most restrictive it's going to be, the model that we're seeing now with assigned seating and, and everything like that. And maybe if things develop, then yeah, we might get some loosening of the restrictions as the summer goes on and, and more of these festivals happen later on. Another one of my favourites would be the uh, Festa Major de Gracia. So the Gracia neighbourhood in Barcelona. What takes place here is an absolutely incredible show it's actually like a competition between individual streets across the whole neighborhood where they put on these incredible displays all using recycled materials so each street would have a particular theme be it space or be it underwater and they'll just through the year create these incredible decorations Um, And it's always a fantastic spectacle to just walk through the neighborhood and uh, just enjoy the sights. When's that one on? Middle of August. Middle of August. So there's time yet for the situation to pick up and for that to go ahead normal-ish. And one I was reading about is one that takes place on the coast uh, just north of Barcelona in Blanes. Yeah, this is actually one of, I think, local Catalan's favourites. Um, So they do a very special fireworks competition and it always attracts international pyrotechnic companies coming to take part and for nearly a week they put on these incredible fireworks spectacles well lots of uh, fun and festivals to look forward to hopefully in the summer if things keep improving the way they are and um, yeah hopefully we get the call for the vaccine soon as well time now for our Catalan phrase Scarlett you've got one this week yeah, so the one for this week is Beura la llum al final del túnel. Beura la llum al final del túnel. Well, even if you don't speak Catalan, it's, I think it's uh, you could work that one out. Uh, to see the light at the end of the tunnel, no? Yeah, no, that would be that would be it. Yeah, so it's exactly the same in English. And I think it's pretty obvious why that one's been chosen for today's podcast. I think it's all how we're feeling. We certainly want to see a light at the end of this tunnel. And that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for joining me today, Killian. Thanks for having me, Logan. And Scarlett as well. Yeah, thank you, Logan. Our thanks to Alnry Thrall too. Next week on Filling the Sink, we'll be comparing the independence campaigns in Catalonia and Scotland. Until then, from me, Logan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adieu.